This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. I'm Spencer Toon. I'm Keith McGuffey. And I'm Mike Templeton. Man. Just starting, just starting the week off great. Welcome <laughs> to the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. Special guest today, Barry White. Yes, but I, I wish. <laughs> Is that what Barry White sounds like? I can't remember. Uh, well, he. I, I don't think I've ever heard him talk outside of this. This is, just, this is just my nighttime, about it, this is my nighttime DJ voice. My darling, I my darling, can't get enough. You're the babe. There you go. Yeah, used um, to have a radio yeah. station out here. Hope everyone's uh doing well this week. Oh, yeah, Spencer, oh, yeah. you saying you had a radio station? We used to, there used to be a radio station here in Utah that was uh smooth jazz, smooth jazz the here on K Turtle 93.1. KTRL. KTRL. That's <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. That's uh, a stupid joke. Guys, let's start a pirate radio station. Like, podcasting's great, but I want to do something <laughs> more illegal. All the money's in pirate radio. Right. <laughs> One of the members of the band Bayside has a podcast. He calls the Radio Radio Show. Okay. He, like, plays different music through, like, Spotify for his podcast. It's like a radio. Mm hmm. We could do that. <laughs> I like it. And there you go. All right. So, uh, Spencer, what are we talking about this week? This week, we're going to be talking about issues four, five, and six of volume two of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, volume two. Yeah. yeah. So that's Intruders, Death Race, and Killer on the Loose. Oh, before we start, I hope everyone had a happy Thanksgiving. Hope you had lots of turkey and pizza and pumpkin pie and pizza pie. Because that's what people have on Thanksgiving. Right. <laughs> and candied yams, man. And candied yams, man. Candy. Ambrosia, if you do it. Ham, if you do it. Or if you're having a vegetarian or a vegan uh, Thanksgiving. Hope you had a great one. Not a fan of the candied yams. Uh, candied yams. I don't think I've. I don't think I've ever had candied yams. Even like had... sweet potato casserole. You, you'd think if you like, if you took one look at me, you'd be like, "Oh, that guy likes candied yams." But no, I, it, not a not a thing I like. I don't know My mother in law makes uh, a uh, green bean casserole that I just like absolutely love, and it's got like those like um, crispy onions yes. she puts on the top of it. Not oh, so good. I need I need like half and half though. I need like half a casserole dish worth of casserole, and then on top of that. The same amount of onion crispies, you know. I just love I love onion crispies, man. Yeah. Actually, I was looking, I was uh, browsing TikTok, and I found a uh, cornbread casserole recipe. And 
cornbread casserole is like my mom's thing that she makes um and we're recording this episode before like the day before thanksgiving so we're talking about our thanksgiving plans um but i kind of want to make this and uh see if everyone likes it more than my mom's because <laughs> that's like her thing and i just want to i just think it would be funny yeah no i just barely actually made candy dms for the first time that's part of why i mentioned it besides the fact that i like them it's actually really really easy like yeah. you just throw canned yams into a uh whatchamacallit a dish thing essentially then all the ones you put in the oven and then you just put a bunch of butter on top of it put a bunch of brown sugar on top just of it put a bunch of butter bunch of marshmallows on, on top of it bunch of marshmallows bake it and then bake it and you got some candied yams <laughs> uh it's like I, i'm just i'm so happy my voice is in this register right now <clears throat> i can't get it out i can't get it out now uh let's let's yeah. let's tell some stories <laughs> if you keep talking like that your your voice like, will stay like that <laughs> it, it's, it's starting to stay like that it's warmed up now so <clears throat> i do the same thing dude whenever i got a cold my wife hates it I, it gets annoying but uh, I, my, my wife hates my radio voice too. So, uh, yeah, let's uh, talk about some smooth comics. ATRL. Perhaps I can best explain. The story of my young friends and I is really the story of a man named Hamato Yoshi. KTRL. All right. First of all, righty then. Okay, we can't repeat everything I say. I'm, I'm very easily distracted. <laughs> Sorry. All right, go. All right. All right, so let me tell you a story. This is TMNT Volume 2, Number 4, uh, titled Intruders. Again, I'm getting that title off of the Mirage website. I didn't actually see it in the comic, so take that with a grain of salt. Uh, this was originally published April of 1994. And for credits, we have the cover by Peter Laird and Kevin Eastman, written by Jim Lawson, penciled by Jim Lawson, Inks by Eric Talbot, colors by Eric Vincent, letters by Mary Kelleher. So Baxter Stockman in his giant robot body is walking across the bottom of a riverbed and almost gets hit by the rudder of a passing cargo ship. He says he's come too far to be stopped now. In Northampton, Officer Longer is setting up a telescope in the woods to keep an eye on the Jones farm. He's attacked by Donatello. They fight for a bit before Longer reveals that he is nobody. Don invites him back to the farmhouse for coffee. In the sewers of New York, Leo is checking out the area around his proposed new lair. He comes to a large open area with an underground lake. Suddenly, a fish woman bursts out of the water and knocks out Leonardo. He wakes up suspended over the lake, attached to a brick wall with some sort of resin. Below him, he sees a bunch of fish in the lake getting swallowed by a giant snapping turtle. Leo is able to break free of the wall and plummets into the lake below, where the giant snapping turtle tries to eat him. Leo is able to gouge out one of the snapping turtle's eyes with a sword and gets to dry land, but the turtle is chasing him. Leo kicks a wooden support beam, and the resulting cave-in injures and immobilizes the giant beast. Leo starts to head back to the lair, but that fish woman from before is blocking his path. The end. Man. Yeah, this thing really goes off the rails, especially here in Death Race, issue number five. So this issue came out in June 1994. It's written and penciled by Jim Lawson, inked by Eric Talbot, colored by Eric Vincent, lettered by Mary Kelleher. The cover is by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. Uh, 
So Leo begins fighting with the female swamp creature thing when he runs across her again. And uh, she's very fast, but Leo still manages to get her to start running off and away from him. But he's not going to just let things go. He chases after her. He trips and falls and realizes that he feels strange. He can't really like feel anything very well. There must have been some sort of nerve deadening chemical in the resin he was stuck in. He hears something coming, so he draws his sword while on the ground, and the giant turtle monster bursts through the wall. It snaps at him but can't reach him. Meanwhile, Raph, Mikey, and Casey show up to Leo's new digs looking for him. Uh, Raph mentions that it feels weird that they're split up now and that it was Leo's idea. Mikey remarks that Leo seems more laid back now. They're interrupted by a rumble and run to go check out and see what it is. They haven't gotten there yet, but it turns out that the rumbling is Leo running from the giant turtle monster underground. The giant turtle monster seems to have hit some sort of gas main and causes an explosion that knocks Leo through a tunnel into a pile of mulch. He's deep in the sewers now, and he's wandering out of this giant pile of mulch when he finds a giant egg. He turns around and sees the swamp creature again. He realizes the egg is hers and holds a sword to it. He's about to strike it when his brothers finally find him and tell him he doesn't need to kill it. Just then, the giant turtle comes crashing down through the ceiling. Leo barely evades it and jumps out of the way. His brothers and Casey help pull him out, and they leave. We see the swamp creature clutching her egg with the giant turtle thing dead behind her. And she's maybe dead? Her eyes are closed, but she's not crushed, as far as I can tell. So I don't know if she's dead or not. Uh, we then cut to Stockman emerging from the water into New York. The end. That's right. And the action picks up in issue six, originally released in August of 1994. Uh, this one is Killer on the Loose. Pencils by Jim, inks by Eric, letters by Mary, and a cover by Peter and Kevin. There's a man using a payphone telling the other person on the other end that he's got some urgent, important news that he needs to share when suddenly the booth is riddled with bullets and he's killed. Baxter, the assailant, approaches and picks up the phone book, looking up someone and declaring that he has finally found them after all of these years. At the Jones apartment, Raph and Mikey are playing a video game when April prepares to go out shopping, asking everyone for their grocery lists. Before she leaves, she tells Casey that he should probably put Shadow down for a nap. April gets in her car and doesn't make it very far before Baxter's robotic hand pops out of a manhole and overturns the car. He breaks through the street and pulls her out of the car, then stabs her in the shoulder with a long metal spike protruding from his finger before promptly leaving, declaring he's got what he's needed and more will come. Casey hears sirens heading down the street and looks out the window to see what the commotion is. He sees April's car and rushes out. Leo asks what's going on with Mikey telling him something out the window must have spooked Casey. Leo looks and sees the scene that terrified Casey. Medics and cops have arrived at the, uh, by the time Casey runs down the street. Leo volunteers to watch Shadow on Mike and Raph go investigate. They head through the sewer to the area where Casey and April are, noticing the collapse in the sewer where Baxter had broken through. April gives her statement to an officer, but he has trouble believing her, angering Casey. Another officer comes and says that eyewitnesses have corroborated her statement. When suddenly, two federal agents... Friskus and Lowell approach the officer in charge and tell him that they're taking over questioning. 
they ask April the same questions, but April tell like they ask April the same questions, but Casey tells them to buzz off as they're bothering April and angering him further. Friscus and Lowell return to their car and discuss having them monitored 24-7 till they find out where Baxter is and why he's after April. Mikey and Raph take off down the tunnels as one of the officers, Officer Ashfield, prepares to descend into the hole to investigate it. They discuss what, what is this attacking robot and what it could have been and how come a cave-in in their path, wondering what's on the other side, which as we're shown, is Baxter waiting for them to be continued. Bum, bum, bum. <clears throat> Honestly, that was, it was, you know, this was really good. These three issues. Yeah. No, I mean, I really like, like I said, I really like the robot stockman and kind of like the, the horror almost like, like it's almost like a horror story kind of thing where you got like, this it, it really is. Yeah. It's showing up and appearing and attacking and then disappearing. It's cool. So shall we jump into it then? Yeah, let's talk about it in the second time around. Hey, uh, nice junk. Right, so issue four, um, there's a there's a note in the beginning of issue four that Mirage apparently messed up the credits for the colors of issue three. They're apparently done by Rommel Sanchez, not Eric Vincent. So oh. Rommel, we see it, man. Good job. Um, 30 years later. Yeah, right. You've got the credit. <laughs> Uh, Mirage also says in the letters page that they're going to start a newsletter called Mutations uh, to kind of keep people up on happenings around Mirage. And uh, issues four and five were published with a backup called Of Muck and Men by Ryan Brown, Matt Roach, Frank Moreno, and Tim Toffoli. And then in issue six, uh, it, they published another backup. It stars the same character. His name is apparently Bog Swamp Demon. It's, it's a Bog Swamp Demon. Yeah, it's a it's a very blatant ripoff of a swamp thing, but uh, that's by Ryan Brown again and Matt Roach, and it's part one of four. It sounds well, like. as we know, Mirage is nothing but parodies of other comics. True. I mean, it's not nothing, but, but it's not nothing, but <laughs> it's <laughs> definitely. But I mean, that's kind of what they're known for, based on a solid foundation of <laughs> yeah, based on yeah. a based on a little indie book that they put out, right? Yeah. Um. It's kind of it's kind of a second time around thing that I found kind of neat um, for uh, the second issue, um, but it starts at the end of this issue. Um, the uh, giant turtle, the giant snapping turtle, is called a terror pin <laughs> instead of a terror pin. It's terror yes. pin. Um, so there's a cool uh, cover I found. Of, of that we're calling it the terror pin um it wasn't in the book that i read um because i'm reading it in uh tmnt uh classics mm -hmm. um so this wasn't included uh this wasn't until i was actually doing my research for it and i was like that's that's a good pun and we love good puns yeah the here on ninja turtle power hour I, it must have been in another book because i didn't see it either i saw it on a uh, turtlepedia there's like an ad for the this book this yeah. is coming this may terror pen it also says in there that the fish lady's name is i'm trying to find it rana r-h-a-n-n-a but she's never Re named it. rihanna the sewage rihanna okay my eyes are getting that's what it says old. rihanna the sewage she must be in another book because she wasn't named in this 
uh, this issue. I think this is her only appearance. It is. Yeah. I, I think, I wonder if they planned on doing more with her. Well, I mean, like you guys have discussed how volume two was cut short. So yeah. it seems like this is a plot thread that is being set up uh, for something possibly later. And they just never got around to it. Yeah. I think that's, but it's I mean. like, but it's interesting because like, this is the second type of like mer fish people that we've seen in mirage so far because there were those other ones in the river yeah and then now there's this one yeah they they like their fish people well like i wonder if the idea was that they're related somehow i don't think that's the case yeah because wasn't that the whole point of that issue uh, was that, the they were the age, that they were ones. the last four yeah yeah and like yeah. the and like the woman female version died yeah so this kind of undercuts that, if that's true. If it looks like the, uh, it looks like this uh, Rihanna might be in an issue of Tales Volume Two, so it might be continued there. Oh, I'm, I'm looking on Turtlepedia. It just just has a heading for for that volume. So, all right. Well then, yeah. one day, <laughs> maybe yeah. one day, maybe we'll get a uh, a cap on this. Yeah. <laughs> Watch that Tales issue takes place before this, so it doesn't even cap off the story. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but I just, I really like that it's called the Terror Pin. Um, I am kind of bummed that we don't find out anything about it. Yeah, like, it just comes out of nowhere. It just comes out of nowhere. And um, I think this is kind of an anchovy. It just kind of comes out of nowhere and then just dies. Yeah. Another thing is, uh, I don't know. I don't want to get too much into spoilery territory, but can you really spoil a thirty-year-old comic? I mean, that I get, we're uh, that we're literally reviewing. You haven't read it yet, you know, Mike. That's the thing. You I mean, yet. I mean, but that's the whole point about us recapping these issues. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm just gonna let you know that we will not see what happens with that whole like needle thing with Stockman. Oh, that too. <laughs> Till volume four, yeah. And like 10 issues. In the oh, I think I, I remember that. Uh, yeah. I remember reading about that. So yeah, that's literally like 20 years after. Yeah. Uh, not 20 years, like 10, like 10, 15 years after this yeah. issue. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I find it, I don't know, kind of funny. But it, once again, it's because a lot of this got cut short. But I can only imagine what it must have been like to have read this back at the time and been like, wait a minute. Why did Stockman stab her? What was that all about? <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, because you're waiting for it to pay off at the end of this issue. So I just, I just think it's hilarious that there's probably people that were confused about this for a very long time. Well, I mean, if Turtles is not known for nothing, it's set to, setups with no payoff. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, let's see. Starting with issue five, uh, it's the 10th anniversary of the Ninja Turtles. I, I caught that on the cover. I like that, yeah. little, that little AC Farley uh, um, icon. Yeah, so it's like Michelangelo's head in a circle. That's the O, and he's like holding his nunchucks out of the circle, and then makes the one. It's such a sweet logo. I love yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. Yeah. Uh, we also, on the back of issue five, we get an ad for a new miniseries called Casey Jones and Raphael by Kevin Eastman and Simon Bisley. And that will eventually become body count. I think they published hey, that that's not like body count. Yeah, I think they published the first issue and then uh kind of got delayed and waited till they moved to image and renamed the body count. So yep, that'll come after volume two. We'll read awesome. that after 
after the Savage Dragon crossover, the second one. Uh, in so in Killer on the Loose, um, I thought it was I thought it was kind of funny that um, like April leaves and then like all this commotion with Baxter, like Baxter breaks through the cement and flips the car and all that. Um, and what alerts Casey to all the going on is the police lights. <laughs> like he doesn't hear any of that. Yeah. It's the lights that, that in New York, man. You know, they hear all sorts of stuff outside. I mean, yeah. like, I think the sound of breaking through a street and a car flipping over. Cause I, rem- I remember a car flipping over outside of my house when I was younger. And that is a sound that does not ever <laughs> leave your head. <laughs> and so I just, it just was funny to me that like the lights is what clued Casey into April being in trouble, not the sound of broken uh broken concrete and asphalt yeah and a car it, flipping over it's possible it was it what mike and raf were playing video games maybe that was like <laughs> it was just so impossibly loud that you couldn't even hear like i was trying to see what being busted. i was trying to figure out like what what kind of console they were playing on it looked like a super nintendo yeah um, it's kind of a hybrid yeah not non-existent console could be the any no it could be the nes2 the top loader one mm-hmm. but um, he also yeah, maybe. could not be able to hear well because of you know being in a cavern with a giant turtle crashing through the ceiling. I mean that True. that is probably loud too. Yeah, <laughs> probably like you know knocked out his hearing a little bit. <laughs> Along with all those uh, hockey concussions and whatnot, all those, all those, yeah. The, yeah. all those pucks to the head, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so in the letters page of issue six. Uh, Kevin and Peter mentioned that they have big plans in store for the series in 1995. This is a direct quote. They're both 200% involved in creating a new TMNT title that'll blow the socks off anything you've seen yet. Oof. So hold your breath. Uh, That might be image. It might be something that just never came to fruition. I I don't really know what they're referring to there. Would it have been the last Ronin? Might have been. Ooh, what have been cool. what, what if they were teasing the last Ronin this far in advance? Well, I think we've had it teased before this, even it's just never come around. Yeah. So. Cause I mean they, they were originally planning on like the original script for it was written back in like 80, I think it was around 87. Yeah. Is when they at least were originally bouncing the ideas around and stuff. Like, like their notes. I know they teased like we're doing a, a black and white graphic novel, and like that never really came out. So I, I think that was it. And maybe this is just another uh, tease of it. And it's just never come around until 2020. You know what? You know, Next time I see Kevin Eastman, I'm going to ask him, what were, you guys, what were you guys planning? Yeah, we'll ask him when we interview him. Oh, yeah. Kevin, when you come on the show, just that's the first question we're going to ask you. What were you teasing? And <laughs> We want to know the entire history of how Last Ronin got to where it is now. Right? I really do, though. Like, I think that after <laughs> Volume Five, after Issue Five caps off and we finish it, like that's when I want to try and get him on the show. That sounds like a great <laughs> idea. But anyway, inside baseball. Yeah. Uh, the only other thing I have for Issue Six is that Mike and Raph talk about a foot robot. Uh, if you remember from City at War, those were those giant robots that appeared for one issue, were destroyed, never came back. I I love the design. I wish they were utilized more, but the foot maulers, man. Maulers, that's what they're called. Yes. 
those like super cool ones that we were talking about how they like show up for that one issue and then never again. Mm-hmm. But I think it's I think it's interesting that like they seem to imply that they're not all destroyed and that they're like they didn't account for all of them and that there may be some still loose in the city. That'd be cool. Like that I mean that's kind of scary. Um so I it, it's it's a neat plot point that I'm assuming never gets brought up again. Um, uh, as far as I know, it doesn't. But but it but that is a cool idea. Um, kind of just kind of just thrown out there. But I do like um, I can't I think it was Raph that said it um, when they suggest it's the foot robot, and then they're like, "Well, those always came after us, not April." Yeah, yeah. that's a, that's how they like rationalize that it's not a foot, the foot robot that's cool. all i've got for a second time around and that's all i got too so uh let's get into those anchovies no anchovies you put anchovies on this thing and you're in big trouble okay I can't let you know. my big one for issue four and i kind of said it already but sons of the silent age was all about these fish people that they were the last of their race uh the the female dies so they're they're done the entire species is done but here we have yet another fish lady for some reason i don't quite understand why yeah it's it it, it really kind of undercuts that and and it's not to say like you know those are the only fish people in this world like this is already a weird world with talking you know mutant turtles but it's it it does undercut the meaning of that issue yeah and so it's like, oh, okay, they weren't the only fish people. And granted, we're probably not supposed to dwell on that fact. Like that, that, that was a one issue part of the Northampton arc, which everything Northampton seemed to move slow. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you're probably just supposed to forget that one exists. And it also could even be that, you know, they got split up a long time ago and they just think they're the last ones. That's I mean, that's, fair, point. that's yeah. fair too. Like they probably washed up river, you know, and whatever it's i mean it's 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 the problem with mirage a lot of good ideas are thrown out there and they never very rarely ever bring them back in any kind of meaningful way like every there's a lot of setup but there's never any payoff yeah now i thought the egg was the giant turtles i did too i also thought it was a giant pearl because it's round, not an egg. Yeah, maybe it is the giant turtles, but for whatever reason, Rana seemed to care about it. Yeah, and I don't know why. And I hope they're. I might have to go dig out, see if I can find that tales uh, volume two issue with her in it, and see if it explains all that. Because I'm, as far as I know, they don't come back in this uh, volume at least. So no, I'm, not. <laughs> I'm curious what like what was going on behind the scenes with them. Yeah, the things Mirage era that like I haven't read in is Tales Volume Two. I've only read like the first seven or eight issues, and uh, those like mini series starring each of the turtles that kind of like come before Volume Four. Like other oh. than pretty much read almost everything Mirage. I guess there's also that Casey Jones mini series and those specials. But anyway, I guess there's still a lot I haven't read because it's so hard to find all of it. But yeah. The main runs, it doesn't talk anything about this. <laughs> again. None of this ever comes up. Yeah. Ever again. 
Yeah. My, my biggest anchovy is probably, yeah, that it's just like, it just feels really random when Leo just suddenly is like runs into this fish per creature person. And then all of a sudden there's also this giant turtle and it's, it's like that turtle is so big and you're in New York. And I guess like, that's, that's, what's annoying is that like, I can, I can buy them not finding the turtles cause they can, they can move, they can hide, you know, but and then, like, if somebody found the lair, they would just assume it's, like, homeless people living there or something. But, like, this is a giant beast. And it's, like, how does that, how does that get around underneath New York? How does it get yes. the food that it needs? I mean, um, it waits until, like, sanitation workers and stuff just kind of fall down there. I mean, and I, I liked that giant cavern that Leo finds. <laughs> Like it looked really cool, um, but it's like I, I was thinking about it. I was like, "How does that exist underneath New York? Like yeah. that is such a hazard." And New York itself is like swampland. Yeah, I I thought the same thing. But this isn't the first time we've seen like a giant chasm underground. Uh, the Leatherhead issue. There's like a bridge over a chasm. Well, I was trying was, to. I was, was trying was to compare. A, I'm like, are they the same chasm? I, well, the wasn't turtle that, the hunter? Wasn't that chasm like? That was like a sewer main, though. Like that was that was built to be like that because we see stuff like that in like two thousand three and um, other shows. Oh, where I thought it was where, like a natural thing with a with a oh, see, bridge I, over it. So I I assumed I assumed it was um, part of the sewer main, but this is like this is like a cavern, and it's like Leo's attached to a brick wall, so it's like this is kind of built like kind of man made. But then it's like that giant open like bat cave of a canner of a cavern. And it's like that that wouldn't exist underneath New York because New York itself would cave in on its right. <laughs> I think it's important to remember that it's the turtles, New York. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I yeah. get it. I get it. Okay. But it's it, it was just one of those things that like you start thinking about it and then you just go down that that rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Issue five. And I don't even really know if this is an anchovy or not. I just think it's kind of weird and maybe funny. But I think Michelangelo mentions that like Leo's are really mellowed out. The next time Michelangelo sees Leonardo, he's like about to kill an egg yeah. in the middle of a garbage pile <laughs> in the sewer. It's like, I didn't even notice that. Yeah. Like either he's like not mellowed out at all he's exactly the same or he's just embracing the chaos of the world like he like mike kind of said he was doing so i, I don't know if that's an anchovy or not but i was just like huh what a what a juxtaposition yep <laughs> yeah i i mean it was maybe intentional you know maybe leo's going into warrior mode during this you yeah. know maybe, maybe he kind of meant to say oh he's mellowing out and then have him run into him being like i'll kill you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, killer on the loose like, like i said it was just weird that casey didn't um hear those noises um and now i'm really disappointed that the whole baxter thing doesn't come up again for <laughs> 15 years yeah and in another volume yeah is also, this isn't the last time we see the baxter robot though right like it comes up in the next issue i'm assuming yeah 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 he's got an arc with the turtles and then some more after that and some is this whole volume basically like them get against Baxter, no, because no. we're like halfway through it already now. 
yeah, there's like four issues that are really rushed or so or somewhere around there at the end uh, okay. that involve Mr. Clean guy that we saw way back in like issue two or three. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, Mr. Clean guy in that facility that Baxter stole a robot from. Yeah. DARPA. DARPA. Yeah. Yeah. Which is apparently a real organization. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Or was. <laughs> Ooh. 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 I mean, supposedly you closed it down, but where's all this money going? I don't know. It's some mm. sort of conspiracy thing. Mm. Pegasus Project, man. Project Pegasus, time travel. There you go. It's all being created by DARPA. Oh. <laughs> there you go. Uh, let's see. My big entry with this issue is uh, I got two. Like, one, why did Baxter have to kill that guy? I, I was just like, why do you even have dialogue if you're just going to kill him? I don't know. But uh, number two is uh, I'm starting to have that same issue with the colors that Spencer was talking about with the IDW colors where like they're all like shaded really dark and stuff and it just doesn't really fit Jim oh, Wilson's art. Yeah, so. we were we were so we were talking about this in the in the group chat earlier. Yeah, like the the um, the colors are really weird and yeah. um, I noticed it on uh, so you sent a picture of Killer on the Loose of like April and Casey and it's mm-hmm. that yellow background. Um, they completely changed their skin tones and hair color and everything in the uh, IDW reprint. Yeah, I don't know why. Like she's a redhead now. He's got brown hair. They're, you know, they're definitely white people. Um, so I just thought it was, I thought that was kind of weird that it's so jarringly different, especially because on the cover for Killer on the Loose, um, they didn't change the colors. So April on that one still has hair and darker skin. And now, granted, she's reflected in like red lenses. So like the color's already off, but like you can tell that's not the April that's in the issue. Interesting. Yeah, it's weird. I, I, I think the colors might just be getting quicker with the Photoshop because up until this point, it had been kind of like flat colors, traditional well, colors. I hadn't paid, and now it's yeah. like, now it's like definitely like you can tell it's computer generated colors. It's very jarring. Yeah. I hadn't paid attention to who was doing the colors. It's a company called Digicore. Okay. Yeah. And like we said earlier, whenever they like really like try and like shade Jim Lawson's face, I guess to faces and things like that to try and make him look like more realistic, it often kind of like, yeah, makes his art not look as good because now suddenly like since their faces are like longer and stuff like that it looked like they have these really weird like long noses when yeah. it wouldn't if it was just colored flat well I there's, think it's, there's I like think not it's a line there i yeah. think it's because they're and, and i think that's because they're they're coloring the inks like a coloring book like they're not like these aren't re-inked for color or for these colors kind of thing yeah so i don't know i'm not an artist i don't know that even made sense what i said <laughs> yeah, i don't know lawson's art is just it's like very cartoony and like you know very flat in the way it's drawn um which isn't like a criticism it's it's just the way it is it's his style you know like yeah. mike mignola's art style um also very very flat looking you know and it's mm-hmm. and mike mignola is like one of the greatest comic book artists ever in my opinion i love this very unique style um but yeah, like Lawson has a very flat style. And so when you try and shade it, like it's 3D, 
it makes it look weird. Yeah, I think I think his style looks best when it's got like gray tones to it, like like in Tales Volume One. Like if there's no gray tones, it almost looks like a, a blank coloring book. And if there's too much color, it also looks weird. And if he's inking his own stuff, he, in my opinion, he does it a little too dark. But like there's like a sweet spot with like Ryan Brown and or Eric Talbot doing tones on his art that just looks perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah. And I love that. Speaking of things I love. Oh, good transition. <laughs> oh, I love being a turtle. All right. So uh, for I Love Being a Turtle, I really just liked all three of these issues. Like it's it's the perfect weird that I expect from Mar- from Mirage. Mm-hmm. And it's it's such a such a whiplash of events. And it's just funny how like we go from the terror pin to Baxter and it's like Mikey, Raph and Leo, like they just kind of roll with it. Like it doesn't affect them. They just, yeah. like, they're just kind of like, okay. And we've been through something similar. We've before. been through similar stuff before. Um, what really cracked me up in, in intruders is on uh, page eight when he's fighting um, what's his face officer longer. Um, and they're, they're punching each other and it's the sound effects and there's one in specific, one in particular that I've never heard before or read, and it's when uh, I think Donatello punches longer, he punches him. Uh, it's a smex, S M E X, and I just I, I had to like I had to stop, and I almost like screenshot it and sent it to you guys because I was like, this is so weird. It, it's like those like subliminal message disney videos but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ninja turtle comics it's 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 Specs. just so weird because it's like you're you're used to like onomatopoeia like like kapow and you know zort you know from from the 66 batman um and like you know other comic books like all comic books do this kind of thing but smex is yeah. a sound that i've never read before <laughs> Um, quick aside, there's a podcast I've listened to a couple of times called the two headed nerd and they have like an onomatopoeia of the week. So you can like submit like smacks and they'll, they'll talk about it. That's um, cool. The fit, my favorite one that I've ever found is from Iron Man 2020. I think it, I think that was the title of it or mm-hmm. Iron Man 2000. Iron, Iron Man 2020. Okay. The, the original miniseries and there's like this giant robot. That's the and, one where uh, he has like the weird like gears on his the arms. weird gears on his arms. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. That's when yep. I remember twenty twenty. Okay, thank you. Uh, there's this giant robot and it's reaching for something. And Iron Man twenty twenty with his smaller arms grabs the hand of the bigger robot, right? And the onomatopoeia is grab G R A B B grab. <laughs> That's just what you're doing, man. I love that. <laughs> that just describes what you're doing. That's yeah. not a sound. <laughs> Makes me just want to say grab when I grab things now as an onomatopoeia. Just, right. just grab. <laughs> I really like the first page of this issue, like of Baxter Stockman walking underwater and like all the, the way it's, I mean, the way it's colored in the IDW, like this is one of the things where I'm actually looking at the IDW colors and I'm like, this looks really good. You know, like you've got just like the blues and the tire and like the orange on his knees and stuff, but he's, and he's just like walking through the water and he's got the light blasting and you can see the light, you know, radiating from him. 
it's just done really well. And, you know, cause I guess some of that's credited to the inks as well there. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of it. I, I really like the way it looked. That's uh, assuming that page, but I need to compare notes cause I have the original colors and it's still a, a brilliant looking page, but there's not really any orange to it. So I'm curious what yours look It's just like. orange on his knees. That's it. I, I just mentioned another color. I saw that it's mostly, yeah. the, it's mostly the blues that are really satisfying to look at. Yeah. Um, they do do a good job, even in this early colors, making that light look like it's really radiating from the shoulder. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's really good. Yeah. Also, I like turtles in like torn hoods. It just looks cool. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah. Like, give me give me a tattered cowl and hood like that. Mm, that is that is mm-hmm. that is aesthetic right there. We're yeah. getting some some cool art from Jim Lawson. Like he's kind of transitioning to his two thousands look. Like you can really see it, like in the headband trails where they're kind of like wisping yeah. up a little bit. Uh, I don't know how I much do... of that is him and how much of it's Eric Talbot. But I really like how expressive Leo is too mm-hmm. um, when he's running through the sewer and stuff. Um, like there, there's there's a lot of good expression um, and like reaction shots, and yeah. um, it's it's nice to see that in Lawson's art. Yeah, I know at this time he was also doing some fill-in work for uh, the Archie series. You can kind of see that in a couple of, of Leo's panels. Like, I, he kind of looks like he did when he was doing Archie. I, I did like that there is some, um, in fact, uh, we get it twice on one page of the uh, the Lawson jig. Yes. <laughs> um so for those of you who don't know <laughs> it's it's an inside joke between the three of us but every time jim lawson draws somebody running it looks like they're dancing yeah <laughs> like it's specifically like, like when they're, they're running towards the your your perspective it's yeah like, like when they're running toward the camera or in this case running away from the camera mm-hmm. it looks like they're like hopping in the air <laughs> um so we affectionately call it the lawson jig yeah, I, I don't know. I really like as well, just like his establishing shots in in this. It's like establishing shots in a movie almost, but they're like, it's just like almost like a moment where you get to take in like breathtaking scenery. Like you get to see Leo step into that massive cavern. Yeah, like you know, with the pipes and it looks really cool. Like I know, I know I dunked on it, but it's like for not being real, but it's a really great shot. And in fact, like I actually screenshotted that and uh was gonna use it for my phone background because it's like it's really nice. Yeah. And like Leo's small, like down in the corner, it just looks really cool. A lot of his backgrounds and stuff in this look great. Uh when they're when Le- when uh Donatello and nobody are fighting out in the in the woods and stuff like that as well. Yeah. I yeah he does a terror pin really well too. Like and he's drawn mm-hmm. birds and stuff before that just look amazing. The yeah, like the, the terror looks really cool and and scary. And like especially that cover, um, which I that covers the one we were talking about where it actually calls him the terror pin. Um, I think that one that one's not Jim. Um I think they're all Eastman layered. Yeah, and so that that was something that kind of threw me too, because like when I was looking at uh, the credits it said covers by Kevin and Peter and I was like oh I thought they stopped working together at this point yeah this seems to be like the last thing they really did together is these covers mm. um, and I don't know I don't know who did what or what the process was like they're clearly like excited about Photoshop like you can tell on 
issue five uh they've like blurred the terrapin in the background yeah and, and, and yeah because yeah. it, it was really uh really blurred and kind of like like somebody took a blur tool and was just dropping it right there yeah uh, so same with not... like issue six like it's the same exact april face in every single camera yeah of i noticed the that too. yeah yeah i mean i feel like the digital art in some of this is very very much like the cgi some of the cgi in the prequels of star wars you know it's like we had to like crawl that still holds up don't you don't you, you know? dare that still holds up <laughs> but um you say you're blind in, in both eyes is that correct <laughs> <laughs> um but uh i mean peter we talked about this in, in the last in the first episode covering volume two peter had said that um Peter Peter had said that that he wished he had done better um, with Photoshop that he that he was he was playing around with it and learning it as he was doing these covers. Mm. So I think that's um, yeah I think that's cute. Yeah, yeah like on the bleeding edge of digital art, really. Yeah, because we I mean we were talking about that because um, we were talking about this last time too because it, it it's very much like in that early era mm-hmm. of like photo computer art but yeah i, th- I think that terrapin cover is really cool you know the terrapin was like a it was a pitch for a toy uh yeah so i see that on the uh turtlepedia page yeah um, and he had like a little partner that was like a turtle in a tin can like a, yeah, was a, tin a can. snappy yeah. warhol yeah is what they called him um and so there's a rumor on here. It's not corroborated from what I can tell, but uh, the toy design of Terrapin eventually evolved into Toka from uh, Secret of the Ooze. Hmm. Well, we should just get a Terrapin figure now. Yeah, really. Just give me a big giant turtle. <laughs> this, is, this is like the second giant turtle that they've encountered. Well, the other one was like a mystical god. Yeah, this is just just this is just a turtle, as far as we know. Right? Yeah, yeah, which is just again so weird that this exists underneath New York. <laughs> yeah. Also, technically, the turtle god thing technically isn't canon. So, oh, well, uh, I mean, we read it, so it's canon. Were, but... We read it, so it's canon. That, yeah, fish, that's the rule. Fish people were were canon. Fish, fish people were, were not <laughs> written out of existence. No, turtle god was. Got it. By by Peter Laird's magic wand, like thirty years after the fact. So you know, yeah. big grain of salt with that one. <laughs> but um, no, the thing that I, I kind of knocked earlier how random it is, but at the same time, like I do love. I've got conflicted feelings because I also love the turtles' propensity for discovering the unbelievable. You know, like how they're just able to just like stumble upon the other things. Turtles' inside. propensity. Yeah. Oh, the words we use here on this show. I I love using big words every once in a while, even if I <laughs> use no, them. That that's what I was saying. Like it it's it's that perfect mirage weird. Yeah, like, it, it's what I expect. Yeah, it's kind of almost like this idea that like because the turtles live in the shadows and live in hiding, they find though they end up running into and coming across those other things that also do, you know, into their fellow cryptids essentially. Um, you know. And I guess I guess that's what I guess that's what disappoints me so much though is that 
all these cool things are introduced, but it's like, there's no real payoff to it. Cause it's like, you start introducing all of these, all of these weird creatures and stuff. It, it's really hard to justify saying the turtles are alone and like, they're the freaks because it's like you, you're establishing this world of freaks basically because they're running in new ones basically every you know every other month yeah they do run into weird things but they don't run into just like other mutants you know no, no right but it's like if the, if these fish people could talk then they're essentially on the same level of the turtles mm. and it's or you know and but these i mean these fish people did talk the, the ones in um the other issue they just didn't talk the same language that the turtles do yeah so it's like at that point what makes the turtles unique the fact so, that they're mutant turtles i mean granted yeah granted <laughs> it's the fact that, they, that they're the only mutant turtles but, but you see what i mean like they're not the only freaks they're not the only weird things out there mm. yeah. but i also i also think it's maybe just like like we need action right like the last three issues not a whole lot's happened like leo stopped uh, a drive-by well he didn't even stop it did he just like shut up afterwards yeah it's like it's a nice like we gotta get something going you know giant turtle awesome i mean yeah like this like these three issues so far are really good like the (laughs) i i mean i'd say they're the best of volume two but we're only six issues in so um (laughs) but i mean but they are some of the best and it's like i would recommend so far i would recommend volume two for people to read like if you wanted to get the turtles comic experience i would recommend these yeah yeah i i really enjoyed it the first time i read it um i know it's it's got some serious flaws but we'll get to that later um oh don't tell me that i just gave my recommendation (laughs) are we ready to move on to to baxter's issue issue six (laughs) yes i mean sure all right I gotta say, man, I love how kind of convoluted Baxter's plan is. It's like, okay, step one, presumably get out of jail, right? Because he was making terroristic threats. Mm -hmm. Presumably got some jail time. Step two, go to the American Southwest. Step step three, infiltrate DARPA. Step four, cut my brain out of my skull, put it in giant robot. Step five, walk back to New York. Step six, find a phone book. Step seven, (laughs) Hide out in a sewer around April O'Neil's apartment. Not don't go straight to her apartment. Just go around her apartment. Yeah, eight, jump be, out of the sewer. You don't want to be obvious. Yeah. Eight jump out of the sewer. Nine, rip her out of her car and stab her with something. Ten, retreat forever. Don't tell her who you are. <laughs> she has no idea what's going on. Yeah, I she has know, no idea why she's like getting this revenge. Giant, this yeah. giant robot attacked her. And like made it seem personal, and she has no idea that it's yeah. supposed to be Baxter. It's yeah. great. <laughs> That's the like love, how bad of You're is. right. Like it's so stupid, but I love it. Yeah, no, it's definitely pretty out there. I don't know. I mean, maybe getting the robot body wasn't like the first part. Maybe he was just like, I'm going to need something to continue to stay out of jail and to kill people with and to fight back with. So first maybe I'm gonna they- get that. <laughs> Maybe this is his, like, you know, he's gone through plan A, B, C. This is, like, plan Q. 
Yeah, you're right. Like it's such a it's yeah. such a stupid plan, but it's like it's so funny. And thank goodness that April's finally back in New York because she spent the last like two or three years in Northampton. This whole plan would have gone south because Northampton and city. California. Yeah. Like, what if he had come? Like, because they've been in New York how long? A couple months. Seems like it. Yeah. Because they they, they make they make mention they make mention that it's that it's been a crazy year. Hmm. Um, I think it was in uh, issue three or four or four or five. Um, yeah. But like Raph and Mikey are talking and they say how crazy of a year it's been. It is enough time for Donatella to heal. Oh, yeah, that's right. He doesn't have his cast this, this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It says it's been a few weeks since uh, Longer was there. I think it was healed then. So it's it's been a couple months she's been back. But not, so, a, not so, a ton yeah, of time. So, yeah, not a ton of time. But yeah, definitely like going from there. Maybe maybe the nanobot technology that oops, spoilers. Maybe maybe the the things <laughs> that he injected her with were only available inside that robot. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Oh god, that's right. That's what that payoff was. It's those stupid robots and then like Donatello rewrites them to look like little ninja turtle. No, nanobots. no, not, it doesn't happen like that. That's different. Oh, but but, you but know. kind of. But it's great. I love it. <laughs> it's but, not, but kind of. But 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 kind of. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, I haven't read it. I just know what it is. I just remember seeing that picture it. and it was like, "This is stupid." But that was before I had read Mirage, so yeah. it's all stupid. <laughs> oh, Peter! Know, to me, it's almost like Edgar Allan Poe vengeance. You know, like the cask of Amontillado. How he's got to like, he has like the steps of revenge. Yes, exactly like, like that thing you exactly like yeah. that thing you said. Got to terrify April and scare her, <laughs> and then leave her waiting to see what is going to happen and like have her just wondering and, and worrying about it forever. Like it's a, it's a form of torture. It's psychological torture. You know? True. Yeah. Makes you wonder what he's got planned next. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing the, the evil finger pyramid of evil contemplation. I know you all can't see that, but I hope it translates into my voice. What is he planning next? The other thing I really like is the voice of the feds. Like just, just the way that they insist on calling themselves federal agents and anyone's like, oh, it's the feds. And they're just like, yes, we are federal agents. Yes. Uh, and then someone federal agents. Are federal agents. And then Casey's like, oh, the feds. <laughs> I like that he calls them pukes. <laughs> he, he later probably calls them pukes as well. But uh, it's just funny because it does make you immediately think of that robot tropey, like federal agent voice. And, you know, and you can just kind of hear it very heavily in the way they talk. I think it's written really well and it's entertaining. Yeah. Lawson's a good writer. He is. He, he mostly draws, but when he, when he writes, he's got, he's got voices and characterization down. Mm-hmm. I agree. I tell you that Jim Lawson, he's going somewhere. <laughs> he's all aces, I tell you. He's all aces, I tell you. That kid's got yeah. moxie. The potatoes are in the water and it's boiling, I tell you. <laughs> oh all right well guys i think that's it for these three issues i you know like i said overall fantastic uh trilogy here yeah good run i I can't wait to read the next one to be honest cool well then should we talk about our news real quick i think we should this is april o'neill of channel six i hope it comes through them doing the channel six news 
anthem in the cartoon. <laughs> I don't know if you all have Nobody, that, nobody huh? remembers the 87 cartoon. They don't know what that sound bite is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't watch three episodes every other week and love and or dread only, it. Yeah, only we do. <laughs> all right, well, what's the news this week, Spencer? Uh, issue 123 of the current ongoing series of Ninja Turtles comic books will be coming out on December 1st. So the day after you hear this podcast, it'll be out there for you to pick up and read. Awesome. Love, love, love. New comic book Wednesday. Uh, in other news, if you pre-ordered the uh, Catwoman from Channel 6 uh, San Diego Comic-Con set from NECA over the summer, uh, you should have gotten your shipping notice. Uh, they are currently shipping to everybody that ordered them directly from NECA. Uh, if you have not done that, like I didn't, uh, check your local targets because they should be arriving um, first week of December. So when this episode goes up, you should start that hunt. Awesome. Cool. In video game news, uh, we got to look at an alternate skin for Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl. It's Michelangelo in his original comic book appearance. So it's like black and white, no color whatsoever. Um, he's like grimacing instead of smiling. It looks really, really good. Which is funny because like we kind of joked about how making the 87 Turtles in that Mirage aesthetic is really kind of jarring and not good. Mm -hmm. But doing this render from the Nickelodeon All-Stars Brawl game in that style, it actually looks really good. Now, granted, we haven't seen it in action, so we don't know how it moves in, in that 3D space, but the render itself looks really good. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. And he even still has like the M on his belt and it doesn't look like hokey or anything. Like it's a yeah. really cool look uh, that he's got. Yeah. I mean, the initial on the belt look, belt buckle always looks a little hokey to me, but it definitely pulls it off. So uh, I just, I just, received word that i got my certification as a web accessibility specialist right so it's like i'm I'm a professional at like making sure that people with disabilities or other uh issues can use websites and what one of the tenets of web accessibility is to not use only color to differentiate information so the belt buckle initial is very important in my line Mm -hmm. of work well one thing yeah i mean it's funny like you you say that because um when I was doing, uh, if you follow me on Twitter, I was doing um, October, hashtag October. Um, I was doing alt tags. Um, so where I would describe um, the photo. Yeah. And so for people um, who are visually impaired, if they're using Twitter, um, usually the machine that they are viewing Twitter with will read based on that. And so it can't read a blank image, but if you put an alt text on there um, describing the photo, that's that's helpful to that. True, true. Which also makes me wonder, because we've only seen Michelangelo, is Leonardo going to have also a black and white one? Or will he have like a, a green or, with a red bandana? Or April. Yeah. You know, how are they going to do April? I assume April will do like the blue jumpsuit from her first appearance. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. It's funny. I'm looking at this render. And looking at the background specifically, um, there's a fully round turtle shell that I've never seen them use before. And then like 
generic sci-fi, you know, clan logo in the background that I've never seen associated with turtles before too. So I don't know, if, I don't know what they're going on with there. And then there's a pizza logo, which okay, pizza, that's just yeah. generic. Pizza, pizza. But but those other two logos have got me have got me wondering about that. Hmm. Who knows? We'll keep an eye out. Have either of you played the game yet? I still have not played it. Same. Um, yeah. It's currently, uh, as we record this, I think it is on sale for Black Friday. So I may pick it up. Um, but yeah. Well, if it's on sale for Black Friday, maybe I will too. That's a thought. Now I guess we'll just have to coordinate what console. Um, maybe we'll stream it too. Who knows? Maybe. Maybe uh, streaming's I, in the I future. Who knows? Switch, but but if it's gonna have to be streaming, then I don't know. I don't pay for internet for except for like I don't pay for online stuff except for with the switch. <laughs> I know I meant like streaming it on Twitch. Well, you know. <laughs> yeah we'll we'll talk about that we'll talk about that later we'll, we'll talk about it later. inside baseball <laughs> well i think that's it for news this week then well, i think that's cool. it for the show this week awesome. well what are we doing next week spencer next week we're going to be discussing episodes 40 through 42 of the 87 series from season three. Oh, nuts I'm a sitting duck. time inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply Okay. Oh, now I'm turning into Snake from Metal Gear. Yeah, Metal <laughs> Gear, Colonel on oh, nuts. I'm a sitting duck. Metal Gear. Now do it like a like you just seen a ghost. Oh nuts! I'm a sitting duck. Okay, now now like you're at a funeral. Oh nuts! I'm a sitting duck. Okay, you're in a pizzeria and there's a clown in the corner. Ah, nuts! I'm a sitting duck. Perfect. I think we got what we need. Thanks, All Mike. Right. There's a door in the back. You just All right. scoot out that way. Uh, well, where's craft services? I need to get some. <laughs> Ooh, sorry. Uh, Ooh, sorry. No craft <laughs> services on this set. Are there craft services and voice recording booths? Uh, no, I think. I mean, I think everybody breaks for lunch, but not right, right. typically not in voiceover. Like you show up to the studio and you record. Right. 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 Maybe if there's like celebrities, but I think like just general feel now. Man, wouldn't it cool to be a voiceover person? That often. Honestly, when I was younger, I mean, I'm younger, like as of 
last year two weeks ago yes i i mean i still want to i still want to be that's the ultimate dream but um there's a lot that goes into it and it's so easy for everybody to do it now that um it's it you gotta find a way to stand out even more Hmm. and so you have you know the people who have been doing voiceover for 30 you know plus years rob paulson and you know all those people um and so they're kind of like they're not aging out because they're still getting voice roles but you know it's i i remember i was talking to rob about 10 years ago before um before 2012 took off and he was telling me how hard it was for him at the moment um because he he didn't um because animaniacs was over and Rob would do shows. He was doing Fairly Odd Parents occasionally, but he was talking about how hard it was for him to do work. And um, he just wasn't getting the same roles and blah, 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 blah. Um, and I remember I was, I was talking to him about um, different avenues and, and whatever. And I don't want to say I inspired this because I absolutely didn't. I'm sure... I'm sure he did this on his own or somebody else told him, uh, but he started doing his own podcast hmm. with other voice actors called talking tunes. And it was a fantastic podcast um, where he would have a voice actor come on and they would talk and it kind of reinvigorated, not, not his career, but it, it, it was a total tone shift from when I talked to him to hearing him on the podcast and it was really, really cool. Um, and so I've seen his podcast live a couple times. Um, one of them most notably was at WonderCon. I think this was 2014, 2014, 2016. Long time ago, basically. 2014, I think. And um, uh, he was doing it at com- at at. WonderCon here in Anaheim. And uh, I got to meet a lot of other voice actors and some that I'm still friends with. And, um, you know, one of them was a really good friend of mine, uh, who's a good friend of mine now. His name is Brian. Um, and I've watched his career grow. And it's, it, it's really cool. Um, and I have another friend, Jason. He is currently the voice of Megatron on like the Netflix Transformers. Oh, oh sweet. Nice. And I've watched his career grow from like he was a kid in Chicago who had studied voiceover and stuff like that. And he was getting little bit parts and doing things for free and like, you know, little internet videos. And um and then I've watched his career grow. And now he's like in anime that I watch. And then like his biggest one was Megatron and Transformers. And it's like, I'm so utterly proud of him. And he and I, he and I used to stay up like super late when I, when I worked overnight, he um, would stay up late too. And so he and I just basically talked about VO all night. And um, so he's always been an inspiration to me to, to do it. He's like five years younger than me, <laughs> but, but I'm, I'm so proud of him. I'm so happy for him um, that it, it makes me want to get back into trying it. Um, 
I kind of segued and started doing puppeteering. And so I like performing live um, with a puppet. So um, that's kind of where my voice acting path went. But I would love to do it on mic because I've because I've learned so much about mic control and um, I've always been an actor. So yeah. Anyway, my long long <laughs> round rant about voice acting. Yeah, it's pretty cool, man. It's 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 such a cool thing, and I've met so many cool people doing it. Um, and just and just networking, just meeting who i've met it's like i've met so many of like my cartoon heroes like i've met all of the turtles already. like i've met barry i've met townie and um uh cam mm -hmm. even peter renaday uh yeah the town towns of coleman yeah yeah i know they just they call him townie so i call never him townie. Called that. um uh rob i call robbie that's because because i've talked to rob the most um and so that's what all his friends call him. So I just called him Robbie and he let me. So I was like, all right, cool. I'm in. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it's, they, it's funny. Cause like they, they say never meet your heroes, but it's like, I've met all of my heroes and they're all genuinely some of the coolest people like Renee Jacobs, who plays April, like she's a total sweetheart. Barry Barry Gordon, one of the funniest guys I've ever met. Like he's just so genuinely funny. Yeah, that's way cool. That's why, like, you got to go to cons, man. Like conventions are the best. Yeah, we've got uh, LA Comic Cons coming up. I think next weekend. Oh, sorry, the kids are. Yeah, now I hear them. Yeah, they're <laughs> they're slamming their door outside. Um, but no, like LA Comic Con's coming up next, and I'm I'm not gonna go. And San Diego Comic Con's this weekend, and I'm not gonna go to that either. Um, it's not ready to do crowds crowds like that. Yeah, again. right. But um, but honestly, like the convention experience is so great, um, especially when you meet someone you've like looked up to, and they're they're happy to be there and meet you like because because there are there are actors who don't want to go to conventions and like they're just doing it for the money and it's like i get it mm. um but like their enjoyment will kill your enjoyment if they're not having a good time and like there's nothing worse than like meeting someone you've always wanted to meet and just having it be the worst experience yeah and sometimes, sometimes it's just that day, because I've met um, I met Jim Cummings before. Who you know, Jim Cummings is you know Leatherhead, yeah, um, Winnie the Pooh and Tigger, and you know Jim, it's Jim Cummings. Yes, he um, everything. Hondo, the, yeah, Hondo from Star Wars, uh, Star Wars Clone Wars, and Rebels, and Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. If you've had a chance to go to that, um, first time I met him, I don't want to say he was a jerk, but he wasn't he wasn't what i expected and he wasn't super kind and granted the show i met him at wasn't a good show um conventions that's what they call we call shows um and it just it wasn't a good one and he clearly didn't want to be there and i felt bad because it was the first time i had met him 
And so the second time I met him was at a different convention and it was like a complete 180. And then he was like the kindest guy and just having a good time. So it's, it, it's tough because it's like that first impression. If, if I didn't go to cons regularly, I would have always held that knowledge of like Jim Cummings is a jerk, mm-hmm. but it's like, if I, and then I met him that second time and it's like, Oh, like you are, you are a sweetheart. You are literally Winnie the Pooh in real life. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so for next week, who wants what episode? We've got again. What the I'll heck? take the Gribbix. Oh, I was just about to say I was done. Oh, okay, I'll let you I'll take the Gribbix. I, I always pick first. You pick first. Okay. I'll do the Gribbix then, I guess. That's the only one I could remember. So I'll do Mr. Oog. Is it Oog or Og? Mr. We'll Oog. Out. We'll find out. Yeah. yeah. And then on your guys' DVD, is there something that isn't one of like the big trilogy? At the end of the ep- at the end of your DVD, so I'm actually not watching the DVDs just yet. Um, I have the first three seasons digitally. Okay. So the, and they're separated okay. by episode. So the gang's all here. Um, yeah, I, I think I know what you're talking about, Spencer. I can't remember what what episode or whatever it is. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. it was like it was like the big blowout, big ripoff, big break in. Uh-huh. And then there was like another episode after that. And I thought so like, this is the season so. finale of season three. Those three are. And then that other one is like. So I was like looking it up because it doesn't even come up on the episode list on like Wikipedia. So like there's 13 of them that are part of some sort of syndicated something. Um, the, I, I haven't looked at the other DVDs to know where they're coming from. Either way, I just want to throw that last one at the end of the DVD in with the not that in with the next the two it, well, with the episodes we watched before the big the big ones the big trilogy oh yeah because we're at an odd number now so that would give us three for the week after yeah Shutterfield, bye bye fly and whatever that third one is mm-hmm. it's a life and you can't remember it but yeah i noticed that the last time i had my dvd out yeah so i was just gonna for throw that one because i imagine it will not matter uh maybe <laughs> if it does whatever but uh <laughs> Honestly, like between seasons, it's like, where is the technodrome? <laughs> like, that's the big difference between seasons, right? Yeah. So I was just thinking, we figured we'd just throw that one before and then watch the big trilogy. Cool. cool. So, what are you all doing for Thanksgiving tomorrow? I don't know. Corn casserole. I haven't, I, haven't, I haven't fully decided yet. So, go up to my in laws. And besides that, I don't know. Relax, yeah. I guess. Enjoy not being at work. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely. I have to work on Friday, um, but our office is closed, so I'm working from home. And then I got to do some work on Saturday too. So it's like I'm not even getting three days off. Oof, that stinks. Yeah. Yeah, just having some family over, and then possibly going to Kansas City to see more family. So I need a vacation for my vacation. (laughs) It's always fun. Yeah. Well, I better get going. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta go make dinner too. All right, guys. Happy Thanksgiving. Stay safe out there. Yeah. Take care, y'all. Take care. See you guys.